Welcome to the How to Start a Career course from Plato University, where you're going to learn the secret job search strategies of top candidates to find meaningful work, build your network, and have long-lasting career success. If you want to learn how to land your dream job in any type of market, join us at plato.university for exclusive content and actionable exercises with every lesson. I'm your learning guide, Brandon Stover, and let's get started. Welcome back. In the last lesson, we wrapped up our self-inventory by defining what our most valuable contribution was. We broke down large global challenges into employer-specific pain points that we knew we had the skills to solve, and that became our most valuable contribution. Today, we're going to start developing our career plan, and this career plan is going to bring together all the work that we've done so far into one document we can refer to as we go through the job search process. Now, there's some important things to keep in mind as you're developing a career plan. Sometimes people are trying to figure out what they're going to do for the next 10 or 20 years. Others are just trying to figure out what's the right career for them. The problem with all of this is that your plan is almost certainly going to change. The reason for this is because you'll change often more than you think. The world's going to change. As we know, many industries that are around today won't even exist in 20 years. And as you go through your life, you're going to learn more about what's best for you, because it's often very hard to predict what we're going to be good at ahead of time. In a sense, there's no single right career for you. Rather, the best option will keep changing as the world changes and you learn more. As a result, oftentimes this means making a 10-year plan is unhelpful because the situation will change. It might even make you inflexible to new information and new options that you encounter. On the other hand, you don't want to lounge around with, without any plan at all. Having specific goals will make you more likely to succeed. And thinking about which career options are best is better than just sending out a bunch of resumes or CVs at random. So you need to develop a plan that's flexible, and that's what we'll focus on today. Now, why spend the time to develop a career plan? Well, if good career planning can increase the positive impact you have with your career or the satisfaction that you get from it, by just even 1%, then because a career is typically 80,000 hours long, it'd be worth spending 799 of those hours just planning. Fortunately for you, we're going to do that much faster, and the rewards of good planning are going to be much larger. So let's dive right into it. How do you develop a career plan? Well, let's first start off with what your career goals are. Look back over all the notes that you've taken during the self-inventory, and particularly look back over your life and career vision. Then answer the question of what does a fulfilling and high-impact career look like for you? Write out a brief description to answer that question. Then write down your top three to six personal priorities or goals for your career. For example, most people, it's also key to have engaging work, autonomy, supportive colleagues, fair pay, and non-crazy working hours. What are your top career-related personal priorities that won't already be furthered by aiming to have a positive impact. Write those down. Next, we're going to focus on what you care about the most. So go back to your work that you did in the last lesson of the most valuable contribution and answer the question of what global challenges do you care about the most? You've most likely already identified these, but we're trying to put this all in one career plan document. So go ahead and write down the global challenges that are most intriguing to you. Next, we're going to generate some ideas for long-term career paths. You often can't predict where you'll end up, but you should have some hypotheses about the best long-term career path for you. Because most people go from job to job and don't think much about where each might lead. 
Being ready to take opportunities can be useful, but having a big positive impact often requires doing something unusual and developing strong skills along the way, which can take 10 plus years. But as I mentioned before, we don't want to get too obsessed with analyzing these long-term career plans because it's hard to predict where you're going to end up. The world's going to change and you'll change. So the aim is simply to have some hypotheses in mind, which you'll be able to test in the jobs that you take. And by long-term career paths, I mean something that you might plan to do beyond your immediate next career step, say over the next 5 to 25 years. So let's go ahead and start making a list of long-term career paths we might take. First, let's aim at the top problems. Think about what's most needed to make progress on your top problems. And then generate ideas for career paths that might help you address those needs. For example, if one of your top problems is climate change, and you think that what mitigating climate change most requires is technological innovation, you might list running an incubator for green tech startups as a potential option. So take some time and write down three or five ideas that are aimed at solving these top problems. Next, think about some ideas that would help you to develop transferable career capital. And by career capital, I mean things that are going to help you build skills, connections, reputation, and other resources that will give you good options to work on top problems in the future. So for example, you could aim to work your way up in government or become known as an expert in operations management. And those skills could later be applied to help working on the climate change problem. Write down three to five options in this category as well. Next, let's capitalize on your strengths. We've already done a lot of work in our self-inventory, clarifying the skills that we have and the strengths that we can use inside of a job. For example, maybe you excel at communication or have experience in information security. Now brainstorm three to five ideas for long-term career paths that would allow you to capitalize on these skills or strengths. Next, you can think about different communities that you may like to be a part of that are working together to solve some of these problems. What do these communities most need in order to have more positive impact? Brainstorm a few ideas for long-term paths you could take to help meet those needs. And finally, just to rep out a few more ideas, think about the answers to these questions. If you couldn't do any of your top ideas that you just listed out, what would you do instead? On the flip side of that, what would you do if you knew you had a high chance of success? Write down a few ideas for long-term career paths based on the answers to those questions. Our next step is to clarify your focus and start to whittle down this list to figure out what your next career step will be. We're going to determine a strategic focus for our next steps. And this strategic focus is something you'll use for figuring out what factors to emphasize when choosing what next career steps you want to take. And here you want to use a decision framework to help you weigh different factors about each opportunity that you can pursue. The organization 80,000 Hours has an excellent decision framework to help you weigh these different factors. The factors that they focus on are career capital, the amount of impact that you can have, supporting conditions and how the job fits in with the rest of your life, and then that personal fit, how that opportunity is most meaningful to you and fits in with your circumstances. Here's some tips for balancing the different factors against each other. If you're still early in your career, then it's best to place greater importance on career capital than on role impact, as you're likely to be able to find plenty of good opportunities to invest in yourself early on. If you're late in your career, place less importance on career capital and more on making an impact now. The more uncertain you are about the long run, the more you should prioritize flexible career capital over narrow career capital. Because flexible career capital is capital that's useful in many different roles. 
Another thing to consider is the more altruistically minded you are, meaning that it brings you more joy to be giving to others, the less likely you are to weigh the factors in supportive conditions relative to the other factors. And lastly, keep in mind a personal fit, making sure all of this fits in with your life and the circumstances and your ability to take advantage of these opportunities is probably the most important factor because it can improve everything else. And lastly, career decisions are highly uncertain. And so often the most valuable thing you can do is learn more about your options. That way you'll be able to make better decisions in the future. Sometimes this means it can be worth taking an option just as an experiment. So use the items that we've done in our self-inventory and these factors that I just mentioned here and begin to cut down and eliminate the ideas that you just made in the last section. Eliminate anything that doesn't feel like it's really going to be in line with what you want or is really terrible on some of these factors. I'll include a worksheet with today's lessons that are going to give you a questions for assessing each factor to help you make a better decision. That'll be available on the Plato University platform. And if you're listening and not already a member, you can join for free. Just follow the link inside the description. Once you've started to whittle down your list and creating a more clear strategic focus, write down your strategic focus and why you chose it. Now we're going to determine our best guess for the next career steps we should take. And this means jobs or other opportunities you might take on a shorter time frame for up to a few years. For example, applying for a master's degree in public policy, trying to shift into a management position at your current company, or taking an online course in machine learning. And we're going to do this by trying to work backward and trying to work forward. You can work backwards from your long-term paths by asking how to advance in them most quickly, maybe by looking at how others made it. But you can also work forwards by looking for specific job opportunities that seem exciting, impactful, or will help you grow, even if you're not sure where they'll lead. So let's start with trying to work backwards. Take the long-term career paths that are within your strategic focus that you identified in the last section and try to generate five to 10 ideas for next career steps that will help you work toward them. Steps that you can use as professional development or jobs that will help you ultimately work towards those long-term career plans. Once you've generated five to 10 ideas, let's try and work forward. So let's generate five to 10 more ideas for steps that seem immediately promising. For instance, are there job openings right now that are in line with your strategic focus and seem interesting to you? Do you have any connections or mentors that have interesting opportunities or recommendations? Now, if you're in the middle of changing careers, a great way to think about trying to work forward and work backwards is to change careers in two steps, not one. See, if we break down what a job is, it's usually a job title that's within a field. That means a job has two parts, the title and field. The title is usually stands for what you do, and the field is where you do it. It's much easier to make a job change if you're just changing the field you're working in, but keeping the same title, or changing your title, but keeping the same field. For example, you could be an accountant who works in the te- television industry and change to being an accountant that works in medicine. Or you could be an accountant that works in the television industry and change your job title to reporter who's working in the television industry. Each one of these is just making one step. But later on, maybe your ideal position is working as a reporter in medicine. If you've taken one of these two paths, it's easier to take that second step into reporter in medicine, rather than trying to go from accountant working in television industry to becoming a reporter in the medicine industry. That's a huge step to try and take. So as you think about your next career steps, if you're changing careers, try and figure out how you could do it in two steps and make it easier for you. 
Maybe there's job opportunities where you can keep the same job title or work in the same field and change one of the other two aspects. Now that you've written down some ideas for what your next career step will be, let's narrow down your options into a short list. So continue to use the decision framework which I introduced to you before and write down which next steps seem most reasonable for you. So narrow down your long list to a short list of five top options you would like to pursue in terms of next steps for your career. Again, these might be different development opportunities or job opportunities that could help you to reach your long-term goals. Now that you have those options in a short list, we're going to create an ABZ career plan. So in those options that we just wrote down, we're going to create a plan A, which is going to be your top option. This is the most ideal scenario. And what we put in a plan A usually happens because you're reasonably confident about your best long-term option and how you intend to get there. So our plan A is going to be your top option, the most ideal scenario, the thing that's going to get you most in line with your long-term goals and that you're pretty confident about. Then we're going to list out our, our plan Bs, and these are going to be our nearby alternatives. These are the options you could switch into if plan A doesn't work out, and options that might easily turn out to be better than your plan A. Writing them out ahead of time helps you to stay ready for new opportunities. To help you sort out your plan Bs, ask yourself what's most likely not to work with plan A and what obstacles you're most likely to face. Then figure out what you could do if this happens. Come up with at least three different alternatives. And finally, we're going to have our plan Z, which is a temporary fallback. This is what you'll do if everything goes wrong to buy yourself time to get back on your feet. It might mean sleeping on a friend's sofa while paying the bills through tutoring or working at a cafe, living off savings, or going back to your old job. Having a plan Z makes it easier to take risks. Because if you think about it, plan Z is probably not that bad. You'll still have food, friends, a bed, and a room at the perfect temperature. Better conditions than most people have faced in history. So look at your list from the last section and mark which ones are going to be A, which one are going to be B, and make sure that you come up with a plan Z in case everything fails. Now within each one of those plans, in career plan A, career plan B, and career plan Z, I want you to plan a list of 10 companies you may wish to work for that fall within those categories. Go to your plan A and figure out 10 companies that you could work for that would help you to fulfill that plan A. Then go to each one of your plan Bs, then write down 10 companies that you could work for that would help you fulfill that plan. Once you've identified 10 companies within each one of those plans, I want you to prioritize them. So go to your plan A, and I want you to select three companies to be your top companies, three companies to be your middle companies, and three companies to be your bottom companies. You'll be left with one company remaining, and you're going to cross that one out. We're not even going to go after that one. So now you should have a plan A and plan Bs and a plan Z. And within that plan A, you should have 10 companies that you could have gone after in order to fulfill that plan. And we have our top options, our middle options, and our bottom options. This is going to be helpful because when we start going after companies, we're going to start with our top options in plan A and work our way down the list, moving into our middle companies and moving into our bottom companies. If things don't work out there, then we can start going to our plan B and do the same thing, finding 10 companies that may help you fulfill that plan. Now, if your plans are more focused on development and getting some sort of education for your next career steps, then you can use the same process, putting 10 educational opportunities there and listing your top, middle, and bottom of those opportunities. Going through this entire process is going to better help identify what your next step should be to give you a clear action plan. 
Now, during this process, you may have had a lot of uncertainties, maybe about the problem you'd like to work on or the best career steps for reaching your long-term goals. Career decision-making involves so much uncertainty that it's often easy to feel paralyzed. But what we want to do instead is make some hypotheses about which option is best and identify those key uncertainties. What information would most change your best guess? When we know these key uncertainties, we can begin to investigate them, starting with the least costly way in both time and money and moving to more expensive options if we're still uncertain. This is called the ladder of tests and it's something we'll cover in a few lessons. Before committing to any career decision, ask why you might be wrong and check with your gut. There's little reason to think you'll have accurate intuitions about which careers are the highest impact. But gut feelings can warn you something is wrong, so try to understand what has prompted them. You'll never know the best option with certainty, but once your best guess stops changing, it's probably time to carry out a bigger experiment and try it out for a few years. At which point, then you can review what you've done and see if you're still on the correct path. So let's right now identify what some of those key uncertainties are for you. And again, we're going to write out a list. So look back over your plans and where do you feel most uncertain? Maybe you're uncertain about which global problems you'd like to face. Go ahead and write those down. Maybe you're uncertain about the best long-term paths. Go ahead and write down those uncertainties as well. Maybe you're uncertain about the best next career steps. You can write those down as well. And finally, you may have some uncertainties about your plan A or some of your backup plans. Write down those uncertainties as well. At this point, you can start looking for ways to resolve these uncertainties. Some of these you may be able to do just a quick Google search and find out some information that'll help make you feel better about your decisions. For other uncertainties, it's probably going to be best to go talk to other people. For example, if you're uncertain whether you want to work in a certain problem space or not, you can go talk to people that are working in that space and see what it's like for them to be working in there and they, how they started their work or career in that problem space. Now, if you're uncertain about long-term career options, this is where our list of 10 companies is going to come in handy because you can speak to the people who are actually doing the hiring in those companies for the different type of roles that you may be interested in. So take the 10 companies on your target list and find five people using LinkedIn who work for that company holding the position that you're looking to get or is the person that hires for that position and try and have at least one conversation per company. And this is called the 10-5-1 method because you take the 10 companies on your target list, connect with five people per company and have at least one conversation per company. By doing this, you should be able to relieve a lot of uncertainty around your long-term career options or your next career step. After you've investigated your key uncertainties and got better resolution about what your plan may be, let's go ahead and write this down so it's clear what your next steps will be. So bring it all together. The global issues that I might help tackle with my career include the following. My strategic focus and any other strategic priorities right now is to do and write down your answer to that. And finally, my plan A is to do this. My plan B is to do this. And my plan Z is to do this. This last section of your career plan is something you can continue to refer to over and over again as you go through the job search process to make sure you're in line with where you want to go. So our activity today is to go through this career planning process. And as uncertainties arise, go talk to people who can help you to answer some of those uncertainties. Thank you for taking the How to Start a Career course. 
to get everything you need for your job search, including advanced resources, personal coaching, and a community of passionate learners, then visit plato.university slash courses slash career and join us for free. Again, that's plato.university slash courses slash career. This course was produced by Plato University, where students turn passions into purpose and learn skills to change the world. Learn more at plato.university.